What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room, the official podcast of AOTG.com, and this week we have something a little different. So originally, I had actually sat down with Eddie Hamilton last week and did an interview where we discussed the cutting of Mission Impossible. And one of the things I always do with the people I interview is I make the content accessible to them prior to posting it. And I do this because I want to make sure that if there's anything they want removed, to make sure that they don't say anything inappropriate or anything that could get them in trouble or give away information that wasn't supposed to be public, they're able to make me aware of it and I can remove it for them. Now, I've done this ever since the start. And when I sent the audio to Eddie Hamilton, he said there was no problem. Everything sounded great. But he pointed out that the film Mission Impossible Rogue Nation that we discussed actually also had a DVD release coming up in November and he asked if it would be possible if we actually released the podcast then to help raise awareness of the DVD release. So we're actually going to do that. So there is an interview coming with Eddie Hamilton and it will be released closer to the DVD release next month. In the meantime if you want to watch that film and get ready for the interview you can check out Rogue Nation at theaters everywhere right now and it'll be out on DVD soon. The other thing I want to make you aware of before we get into this interview is that next week I'm going to be posting an interview I did with Debbie Berman and Debbie and I discuss her work on a film called The Final Girls. The Final Girls was at the Toronto Film Festival and did really well there and got really good reviews and it also what I wanted the reason I wanted to bring it up for you guys is because the film had a small theatrical release about two weeks ago. At the same time, it's been released on iTunes. What I want to do is I want to encourage everyone who's listening to check it out on iTunes. Specifically if you're interested in comedies or if you're interested in horror films, specifically slasher films. It's a great fun interpretation of slasher films. So it's a comedy horror film and it's it's a lot of fun so check that out that's the final girls you can check it out on itunes and i'll be posting that interview next week in the meantime what am i going to be posting this week that's probably what you're wondering and so what i did once i got that email from eddie was i looked into my archives and there was something i had that i wanted to post but i never got around to posting and that is a panel i did for sight sound and story which is an event that the manhattan edit workshop puts on it's called The Great Unscripted, and it focuses on the reality television editing. So on this panel, we have Elena Uden, who cut Ink Masters and Mob Wives, Joe Shuck, who cut Alaskan Bush People and Best Funeral Ever, and Julie Bob Lombardi, who cut Teen Mom and Town of the Living Dead, among many, many others. Of course, I'm not able to play the audio from the videos that they show, but you'll be able to get a great sort of understanding of their editing process, specifically for reality television. One quick note about this uh, panel. I've cut it down. It is an hour and a half long, so I've cut it down to about 18 to 20 minutes. One of my favorite questions, there was an audio glitch in the recording process, so we didn't get to use it. We got into a discussion at one point about the reality of reality editing. And so we discuss how much manipulation goes into it. And that's why you'll hear a lot of discussion about manipulation in this, because it sort of carries on throughout our whole panel. The other thing you should note is that I got this feed from Manhattan Edit Workshop, 
and the audio levels when they get really loud to prevent them from overmodulating. I've sort of put a little filter on. But also you'll notice uh, at one point you'll just start to hear clapping and then we get into another question. So what happened was we threw to a new video and then we come out of the video and discuss the music in the editing process of that scene. So and of course if you want to see the upcoming sight sound and story events because they're doing more they're doing more than just editing it's now got cinematography and other areas of film check out sightsoundandstory.com. In the meantime enjoy my panel from New York with Alana Uden, Joe Shuck and Julie Bob Lombardi on cutting reality television. So you brought up a good point that you guys have really tight schedules and mounds of footage. So how do you guys go about tackling the amount of footage that comes in for what they're giving you the essentially documentary amount of footage and yet you have to cut it in a shorter It definitely depends on the shop you're working at. You know, some places have, you know, if they have a lot more shows, they have armies and armies of loggers. Like I know the first 48 over at ITV, they have like people who work at night and they're pretty much just marking and logging and marking and logging and it makes the life for the editor a lot easier and or the sequencers or the assistant editors um, but for, for my show I work for a small shop so very small team and we're working with hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage and yes there are outlines and, and yes but one of the things that I love about my show and shows in general for some reality especially docuseries is that there's a loose outline of what they want this scene to be about but then all of a sudden you watch this raw footage if you're if you have the time, if you're lucky enough as an editor, which you most likely don't, have the time to watch the raw footage and you get to see what else is there. And that's when you actually get to become more part of the process than just pushing a, but a bunch of buttons and listening to a producer. I, th I think for me, like, I always watch the raw footage. Yeah, me too. I make the time. There's, there's never, like, I'm not watching. They don't really like that, but. I, <laughs> that's not time. my, that's <laughs> not how I work. I like, I, I watch the raw. You can, you know, I don't, I love the producers telling me what they kind of want the scene about. I like when they say the feel, like, do they want it funny? Do they want it dramatic? Do they, you know, whatever the essence is. And then you just, you just dive in and do it. It's, you know, the longer you edit and the more you do this and, you know, depending, you know, if you're on season three, it's a lot easier to know what you're looking for. So it's just, you just kind of watch it and do it, right? Yeah. I'm the same way. I'll use, the producer will give me a string out of selects and I'll use it just as a guideline as, okay, yeah. well you, you kind of want it to go this way. Okay, <laughs> fine, thank you, goodbye. And then dip back and find what you need to find because you're going, you as the editor are going to see things very differently than the way a producer sees it. And you're, um, because you're, you're used to manipulating the footage and producers, right. uh, you know, some of them are very good, but some of them don't know how to watch footage and know how you can manipulate it. Mm -hmm. So they aren't going to pull something because they think, oh, that doesn't work. Or, or they don't, you know, they're not going to give you the audio of something that's, you know, not on camera, but there's this great audio you can cheat for something. That, so you, you have to look mm -hmm. at it yourself. You have to go through the footage to find everything. That way you have all the pieces of the puzzle to make the best picture. And ultimately it does end up saving time. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, if three hours was shot for a, a two-minute scene, um, Three hours. Yeah. I can take a look, and and um, when you have notes, you already time. know. You know, you, you already know, what know the for. answers. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like you know, we were joking before how we have short-term memories. I you can ask a lot of my close friends that I lose my keys and wallet very often. But for uh, for some reason, when I watch down raw, things just click in my brain yeah. that like when I'm cutting the scene later, 
and I'll remember that that existed. Now, were they talking about the same exact thing? No. But is it a sentence that I can make work with in that moment that I need to? Yeah. And unfortunately, producers, like you said, sometimes they don't think like that. And that's why, you know, we're hired to do the job. Yeah, that well, we that's do. not their job, right? Yeah, their exactly. job is to tell you the, you but know, with deadlines, kind of what they want. You know, going back to the, the deadlines, essence, yeah. we're, you know, I'm finding it more and more where sometimes they're like, you don't have time to watch the raw. You don't have time to watch the cut down. You just got to get to that. That's crazy. Yeah. I would. I still watch it, don't get me wrong, but... No, you have to use every tool you're given, and yeah. each piece of footage is a tool, and, um, you know, I think the difference really in the way editors look at the footage and the way producers or just somebody who hasn't been editing might watch the footage is as one ongoing, uh, one ongoing scene. When you just watch the raw, there's no cuts, it's just stuff mm -hmm. happening in real time. But as an editor, you need to watch every second and every frame as its own entity. Every piece of audio is its own entity. So Because you're looking for glances, you're, you're looking, looking for, for looks, you're looking for smirks, you're looking for anything, any piece to make whatever, pieces. yeah, to, to make the story more believable or more funny or more dramatic. So if you, you know, if the, if the camera catches somebody giving a stink eye to the producer or audio guy or whatever you you can always use that to to manipulate the edit which is so important now you you mentioned uh story producers there for a bit and i was wondering because some people might not have worked with story producers or don't know what they do i was wondering if you guys could sort of go into their responsibility in uh i think a good story producer is heaven sent i love them if they can go through the footage and know you know know the story know what you can use they have you know a stories b stories and like oh you know all hell breaks loose we have a c story that we could probably fudge it really it's mm -hmm. a pleasure to work on that because then you could really focus on the edit like sometimes in reality it takes so much to get the story that the edit kind of suffers because you're trying to figure out what you're saying so you don't have a lot of time to make it the most beautiful or the funniest or, you know, it, it, it's not 100%, right? But if you have a good story producer that kind of already has the story arched out for you and you can really focus on the edit, it's, it's great. Mm -hmm. And a really good story editor, editor will also be able to help you find those pieces you need. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it is really a pleasure to work yeah. with a great story producer because they're effectively your teammate. And... There's so not many collaborations, there, but so they're good. When they're good, when they're, they're usually good, they're really so good. good that you're like, oh my God, this person's uh -huh. amazing. I want to keep working Don't with this person. Don't ever become yeah. an executive producer. Yeah. Stay, <laughs> stay in your position right now. Yeah, I mean, you made a good point. Great is the key word here. Um, I think it's a collaborative effort a lot of the time. Like, sometimes you kind of just want to dig into the footage and, you know, do it all by yourself. But to have someone there to bounce ideas off with, um, usually you have an assistant editor, and yes, they're, they're helping you out, but they're, they're not as experienced enough that you can bounce off ideas with them. So story producer, you know, if you're not super confident about your edit, it's good to, you know, get fresh eyes from them. And they, like you said, they know the arc of the, of the episode. You know, we're, we're talking about like moments, A and B stories of scenes sometimes. They're thinking about A and B stories of this episode. And then other people, series producers, are thinking about the A, B, and C stories of the whole series. Mm -hmm. So, um... So there's a lot of hands that need to, you know, be helping out with this to work out effectively. And yeah, I agree. Um, story producers are awesome if they're if they're great. There is a power struggle sometimes though that I find where 
I don't know if you guys can agree, sometimes you're never really sure, like, who is the person who's actually making the decisions? Me. Exactly, right? I don't want to sound... That's who it is, ultimately. I mean, ultimately, it's you, but sometimes story story producers (laughs) may feel the other way. So finding someone that's kind of there to assist and also bounce ideas off of. Like, if someone suggests something, and I think it's a, a worth trying, I'll do it. But if it's not... You know, I try to do all the ideas if I have time. Even if I don't think I'll work, I try to make it the best I can just in case because uh, there are times that I'm wrong. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no and, way. And, and, no yeah, way. and then you cut something, and you're like, oh my God, it totally works. This is great. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to work. So I try not to be too like, I'm not doing that. It's not going to work unless it's like, you know, four days worth of work and it's probably not. Yeah, gonna you work. have to. You have to. But, but I, I love collaborating with different editors. Like I love, you know, when we're in a series, I always drag people into my edit and I'm like, guys, watch this. Is it funny? Does it work? And I, I love going into other people's edits and looking at stuff. I think, you know, you don't make TV by yourself. Yeah. You don't make films by yourself. It, you know, even though you're the only one in the room, somebody can add something, you know, and it's, and I welcome the, the comments. And if you're working on something for eight weeks, like working on an episode, Things stop being funny real quick. (laughs) You know, when you're working those late nights or you're just like, what made you laugh when you first started watching The Raw four or five weeks ago is no longer even a smirk worth of, like, funny. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So bringing in the other editor and, like, you know, judging, they're your first audience, a story producer or, you know, an editor, someone who has fresh eyes, and that's, like, very important to see how they react. And they're in the business, so they're looking for technical things as well. But, yeah, I always do the same. So, well, you you guys both brought up music. So, how do you work with music in in the cutting process? What's how do you sort of get it into? You know, Elena cut? and I were saying earlier we uh, we both use music uh, from the very beginning, and we make it work from the very beginning. And that doesn't mean you don't switch it out, but it means that your edits are cut to the music, and the music is cut well <laughs> from the beginning. Right, and because, you know, where you're going to build it and where you're going to sting and where you're going to hit, I mean, these are all, music is used to punctuate your scene. So it's, if, if the music isn't working within the scene, it's not working. So I feel like to just, when people say, oh, just lay down, just throw some music in there or just lay down a temp track, that's, yeah. n- no, mm-hmm. I can't do that. What I will often do is cut a scene without music. And if it works without music, it's going to work really well with music. For me, when deciding when or not to use music would be like, you know, once you start putting the episode together and seeing what you're coming out of and you're coming into. But yeah, I agree with you too, as far as like, you know, it, it depends on the editor. Some, some people I've, you know, as I was telling you too earlier, sometimes people just rough it out and, uh, you know, just to get the tone of what they want to do. But for me, just like you two, I really use the music as a partner, as, it, as the, you know, Verite's story producer to help, you know, tell this this story and music helps me cut you know it tells me when a scene's going on too long it tells me when it's not going on long enough it tells me sometimes after i've listened to a track where would be a great moment to switch the idea or when to punctuate or you know the other way around mm-hmm. it's like it's funny sometimes the music i'll cut my verite to the music and sometimes i'll you know tweak the music just for the verite it, it changes a lot and very often the music is you know I don't want to say leading, but the music is is kind leading. of taking. Leading, <laughs> yeah, I'll right. say that. Oh God. Oh, I'll say it. But yeah. it it has you have to take the viewer with you, and most people when they watch TV they're not 
you know, just That's, staring at yeah, it. It's more of an audio, <laughs> of an auditory thing, I think. When people are watching TV, they have it on in the background or they're just kind of, you know, and they're it's probably, on their phone and they're looking away. And The crazy part is they're probably not noticing the horrible audio edits that we do, but you know what? I don't do horrible audio. Oh, I know, no. me neither. <laughs> no, no, not you. I mean, not, I'm talking about other people. I'm with you. I'm in that no, same I was school. saying earlier, I don't, I don't like when editors cut, you know, you're always cutting songs up, right? I don't like it when they put long dissolves to cover bad music yeah. edit. Don't do that, guys. Okay. It's like you're don't not covering it. your bad music edit. Look. You're just making it longer and more painful to hear. <laughs> like, but, just <laughs> make a better music edit. So if Agreed. there's one thing from this panel they have to remember, it's don't do Don't dissolves. do, yeah, don't try to, you're not hiding it from, I call it out every time. I'm like, that's a horrible music edit. You will not be working with Bob if you do that. That's what she's saying. You, you won't like working with them. <laughs> I mean, I do that too. I think it's a sense of pride of work. I've worked with a lot of people that come in and it's like, you know, why are you spending so much time on the scene? I'm like, you know, I want to make sure the music's perfect. And they're like, dude, come on. Like, no one's going to notice that. They're not going to be on their phone the whole time. Like, all they're looking for is like someone screaming. And but then why work in this business? I know, exactly. You, you know what I mean? Agreed. Like, I'm just like, dude, back off. Doing, like, they I'm, might be right about that. I mean, they're probably, they're probably, probably that's not the point. They're probably not. most people don't notice, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't strive for excellence. And the truth is, on a on a <laughs> micro level, like it really does matter. It does it, matter. And if you think nowadays, a lot of more people are watching shows plugged in with their headphones than they ever had before, mm -hmm. so they might notice they those hear things. It more. I think you know a lot of people. TV. I think it, you know it's like reality TV, right? Who cares? But I. I think that's a, just a bad way to look at it. I, I, I think we do a lot of great edits. I think there's like a lot of entertaining, good stories out there in reality, you know, in the reality, reality, docu-reality, however they're calling it nowadays. I, I, I think there's so much good stuff, and I think that people need to, more people need to take pride in, in this genre and like just do the best they can. Here, here. Yeah, I don't, honestly, I don't really know how much... I feel like a know, writer sometimes. Edit, like, like if you edit reality TV, like you have so much control exactly. of the story and it's fun to edit. It's like, you know, it's not like, oh, here's a boring show about birds or whatever. It's like you get to control <laughs> the story and put in the funny and put in the drama. I wouldn't it's mind so a bird good. show time to time. I mean, you know, time, you know maybe summertime. three months out of the year. No offense to the bird cutters. <laughs> or ornithologists are going to be pissed. We can't show my clip anymore. <laughs> So that was the panel. Again, if you want to see other events that Manhattan Edit Workshop are putting on, go to sightsoundandstory.com. And next week, we'll be having Debbie Berman on to discuss the final girls. So thanks for listening. I'd like to thank, of course, Sight, Sound, and Story for sharing the audio with me. Uh, of course, Julie Bob Lombardi, Joe Shuck, and Elena Uden for being amazing panelists. I'm Gordon Raquel. I'm Gordon Raquel. Thanks for listening. <laughs>